I'm Christy Kay. Welcome to Business Life After Hours, a podcast that takes a deep dive into real-life topics at the intersection of business and life. After the workday ends, that's where we pick up. Our topic on this Business Life After Hours podcast is inspired by an Olympian. This podcast episode is for anyone who's setting out on a new life chapter, chasing a dream, feeling like life success is out of reach, wondering if your hurdles can be overcome, and if your fight can be won. Our guest is a world-class athlete. The first American female boxer to compete in the welterweight division and represent USA Boxing in the Olympic Games. She was in Tokyo 2020. And she is Olympic bronze medalist boxer O'Shea Jones. O'Shea, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing great. It's so good to have you here. You are our first Olympian on Business Life After Hours. It is such an honor. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you guys having me. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to start this podcast by saying to our listeners that inspiration can come from anyone of any age and that you, our listeners, are in for a big dose of inspiration. So, O'Shea, I had the pleasure of emceeing a Boys and Girls Clubs event in which you were a guest speaker, and that's where you and I met, and we had a great conversation, and you inspired me so much, and I remember you were donning that fabulous Olympic medal, and you even let me hold it, which was fabulous. Yes, I had. Um, I was honored to be the, uh, the guest speaker, the keynote speaker at the event, and yeah. you know, I was just happy I could just motivate other people, period. Absolutely. So do you take that medal with you most places you go? Just speaking events, but I don't like wearing it so heavy. Yeah, it is so heavy. That was something I was not expecting. But now, right. now you, so after the Olympics, now you recently won your first professional debut in a six round unanimous decision. I just recently watched that. So, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Did you do that signature victory dance that you did after the Olympics? <laughs> I tried to switch it up a little bit, but yeah, I did. <laughs> I love that so much. It makes me just happy to see you doing that. Um, so how does it feel now to be a pro boxer? Um, I'm still getting used to it, just getting my feet wet. Um, I have a big fight coming up at Madison Square Garden. I'm getting ready for that now. It's going to be an eight-rounder. Oh, my gosh. Good for you. Madison Square Gardens fight. That's incredible. Well, and I have to tell our listeners that when you meet Olympian O'Shea at a large formal luncheon like I did, hundreds of people are there, and you immediately notice her infectious smile, and then she has this very mild manner, and she's super approachable, mm -hmm. and she is kind and has this great sense of humor. And I couldn't help but thinking, O'Shea, when I first met you, that dichotomy was not lost on me as to what I experienced when I met you and what your competitors experience when you dominate them in the ring. So I just have to ask you, like, does it ever feel like you have these two separate lives? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say yes, because um, I'm so nice and kind, you know, and generous and um, humble outside the ring. But, you know, um, when I'm inside the ring, I just feel like it's like a switch that goes on, but it's not personal, so it's just business. So it's just like my job, you know? Absolutely, that's a great way to put it. And you're a vibrant 24-year-old. So- Thank you. Yes, you are. And let's go back to a time in your family life and your upbringing, and tell us a little bit about some of the formative experiences that you've had, and specifically, start by telling us a little bit more about that competitive brother of yours. Oh, yes, um, that's how, I got into boxing because I was always in competition with my little brother. He used to do things I couldn't do, like wrestle. Well, I could wrestle, but my dad didn't want, you know, boy parts on me as a little girl. 
he used to do football. Girls don't do football. Girls cheerlead. So when he did boxing, um, he asked me that I want to box. I said, no, I want to work out because I was a chubby kid. And the first day I got there, he made me spar, like practice fight with another girl. And I was just like, you know, I was just like a natural and I just beat her up. She was there training for like two years and it was my first day. Oh, oh gosh. So that was sort yeah. of like it was very spur of the moment and you did it, you sparred and you loved it. Right. Wow. So that was kind of like how it started right there. Yeah. And is that how to like with the background with your brother and then you from there kind of moving forward with going to the gym and all of that, is that how you attain that work ethic that you have that apparently and seemingly is unstoppable? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just feel like it was always in me because I just feel like, um, you know, through my uh, trials and tribulations, I feel like I always had, like, the muddy end of the stick. I feel like I always had to work harder, you know, to get the same thing as other people or maybe even less as other people. So I'm just used to, you know, digging deep and just hanging in there Yeah, to that, get what I deserve. And that you have done. And correct me if I'm wrong. You had a record of 60 and 9 when you were 12. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That is amazing. And then you won the gold medal at the 2019 Pan Am Games, and you finished first yes. at the 2020 U.S. Olympic Trials. Like, yes, ma'am. As you are going through all of this and, like, knocking these things down one by one, literally and figuratively, um, was it sort of dawning on you that this success was really piling up and you were headed to something even greater than what you'd already experienced like was that top of mind for you and did you always know like wow this is happening right now and I'm I'm like I'm on my way like did you have that vision that this um, it really didn't hit me until like maybe like after the Olympics but like you know growing up and I was going to all the tournaments and me and my teammates were just winning like we just thought it was normal you know but we were really just like, you know, a, a odd handful that's like, you know, really talented. So it really, it really hit it. It really hit me when I went to the Olympics, and then I came back and I seen other people's reactions to me winning, mm -hmm. and I feel like that just really, um, that just made me realize like I'm doing something good, like. For sure. And you're the rock star at that point. It's like, yes, now I'm truly a rock star. And it feels like it. Well, listen, I want to talk a little bit, too, about something that you've told me kind of personally is a bit difficult to talk about your dad as your coach and how you always mm -hmm. wanted that kind of that father daughter bond. Describe for us sort of those expectations of your dad as your coach and that father daughter bond and how that was affected as he was your coach. Um, I just feel like it was hard to balance both, to balance the father-daughter relationship and the coach and athlete relationship. So I picked the father-daughter one. But um, it's just like, it's just hard because you don't know like when to turn it off, you know? Like even even when we're at home, you still, you know, bringing up boxing and sometimes you just need a balance in life with things. So how did you handle that when you get home after the day of being out at the ring and working hard, and then you'd get home? How would you handle that? Were you able to shut that off? Um, no, pretty, no. It was uh, eat, sleep, live, just boxing, 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 boxing. Wow. So, and, bo and boxing's yeah. a year-round sport, too, correct? Right. We don't have a season, so, like, if you're overworked or anything, you're just overworked, and it'll show out in the ring. 
but um, it's, it's not a season. It's, it's tournaments that's all year round. Some in winter, some in spring, some in fall. So, you know, people try to be ready all, all year round, all the time, but it's impossible. You need a break. Now, for those who may not know, give us a description of what female welterweight boxing is, like how you fight, the weight limit, credentials, and then the experience that you need to do that. Well, to get on the Olympic team, you have to win. It's a tournament called Nationals, um, USA Boxing Nationals, and you have to win that the year of the Olympics. So you win that tournament, and then you have to qualify another tournament to even be able to go to the Olympics. So on the team, um, you're sent to camp at Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center, um, and you you basically have to stay on weight. My weight is was 152 pounds, so you have to stay like around there or five pounds under or five pounds over. Um, if you don't stay on weight or around your weight, you can get like sent home, and your number two, which was the person you beat at nationals, the number two runner-up could be sent to replace you. Yeah, you're working out three times a day. You're waking up at 5.30 a.m. to weigh in. You run at least three to four miles at 6 a.m. And then at 10 to 12, you're going to work out for two hours, like hitting the bag and everything, um, or spar. And then the 5 to 7, you're going to um, do strength and conditioning and stuff like that, like workouts. And if you're still overweight a little bit, you can work out again at 9 p.m., you know, maybe run on a treadmill or do or get in a sauna, do things to make you sweat so you can stay in that weight. And this is not, when we talk, I know for our listeners' sake, UFC fighting is totally different. That's the one where there's kicking. And you are very specifically boxing with gloves for 12 rounds. Is that correct? Okay, I say in the pros, I fight at 147 pounds. And I use eight ounce gloves in the pros. We don't use in in boxing. You don't use your feet like USC. I think they do uh, five minute three rounds or five minute five rounds. So we stand up on our feet fighting for twelve rounds. Obviously, not just anyone can do this with hard work. So, like guaranteed, if I were in my twenties, even if I worked as hard as you did, trained as hard as you did, I wouldn't be half as good as you are. So I want to know what is that special sauce you have what is that thing that you have that others don't that makes you so darn good at what you do um i really think it's just the, the drive and, and, and the determination really because my friend she's she's a world champ now but she started boxing at 22 years old and she's like 34 now and she's in her prime so i think it's just like you know your drive and your dedication it's really about who wanted the most if you want it, you can get it. I love that. That is, that's great. Wow. I mean, I feel sometimes like everybody's timing is different. You may, right. you may peak in your 20s. You may peak in your 30s. You may peak in your 50s. Right. So I, I like that. I appreciate what you just said, that each of us is different. But we're, we can all have that drive and determination to go for our dreams. So I want to hear from you now about the Tokyo Olympic experience and what that was like. So like when you arrived in Tokyo, first of all, it's the pandemic. But second of all, it's the Olympics, so you have to feel like a rock star when you arrive. But tell us how that was when you got to Tokyo and what that experience was was like for you. The Olympic Games is called the 2020 Tokyo Games because it was supposed to happen in 2020, but technically it happened in 2021. So it was early 2020 plus one Olympic Games. Um, when I, got, I was happy for the experience, but when I got there, it wasn't 
it wasn't how, you know, all my Olympian friends described it to me because it was, like, very restricted because of COVID. Um, I'm happy about the experience, but at the same time, I feel like it was very depressing. It was very depressing because my sport, like, certain weight fights certain days. So, for example, females will fight Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Friday, or your what you know, whatever weight division you're in, you have certain days that you fight. So I can fight Monday and then have to wait all the way to next Friday to fight in finals again, and I have to maintain that weight. I have to maintain that weight for like a week and a half, you know, but at the same time, I have to stay in my room. I can't chill. You know how people chill after they eat in a cafeteria. You don't want to be around food because you can't eat the food. Um, you can't play games outside with your friends because you got to save your energy for your fight. Um, we really just ate and went, went to our room for two weeks straight. Like, we really, we, we couldn't do anything. Good experience meeting new people, really going to talk to them close because we got to stay six feet apart. But it was overall, it was just a good, it was okay. It was an okay experience. So. But, I mean, you made the most of it for sure, and that does sound yeah. like that would be quite the challenge in and of itself emotionally because you aren't able to make that connection with others. And I, right. as I recall, a lot of family members weren't allowed to join you as well. Um, your family and friends you couldn't come, so it was quite challenging when you um, when I had to perform because I'm used to, you know, my family, my family and my friends screaming for me, like, if I get tired or anything, and I get, like, the extra push, and it just wasn't there, so. So you really had to hard. dig deep within to, to get right. that sort of, yeah, I can understand that based on what you're saying. So as a world-class competitor in boxing, when you walk into the ring, is your feeling something like, I am just going to knock the crap out of her? <laughs> or is it more like, ooh, yeah. she looks tough? Or like, do you ever walk in and like doubt yourself? Or what is that moment like when you hit the ring? I don't doubt myself, but in the beginning, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, what if I get tired? What if I took my angle? What if, you know, all the what if, but, or what if she's stronger than me? You know, stuff like that. But like, but when I get in there, it in the bell ring, it, it really goes away because it's just like, it's either me or her. Like, the best girl going to win is either me or you, and you're in my way. I love it. Oh, O'Shea, that is why you are a world-class champion and an Olympian. Have you, like, what's the worst injury you ever had in the ring? The worst injury I had was when I had braces, and my mouthpiece shifted. When she punched me, and then she punched me again. So my bottom lip got connected to my bottom wire in my braces, and I had to go to the corner. And my um, my coat, my my father got got the you know got my lip that was stuck in my braces. He put it out, and I just had to keep going. But it was like a deep gash in my lip. But okay, so and have you knocked someone out before? Uh, I haven't knocked them out sleep, but I knocked people down as like a falling down, yeah, on the ground. How does but that feel? Nobody ever. I mean, it, it feels it's kind of messed up that it feels good that you're hurting somebody. I don't know. I think it feels good because it's a point for me, you know. Yeah, well, that's what you're there to do is beat the yeah. other person. So, yeah. But well, you rarely lose. I mean, my gosh, we talked about your record earlier. But what do you do mm -hmm. like after a tough match? Like, how do you bounce back? I really just need time to process it. I don't want to think about it at that moment because I'll get, you know, depressed and sad and down. And, you know, I don't want to dawn on it. I just, just want to go home. I just want to be around my, um, my loved ones and my family members, you know.
I mean, I would think, too, that revenge is really sweet, especially in boxing. <laughs> right. So do you watch tapes of yourself, like, after a match? Do you go back in and watch the the, the match? Um, I do film study to see what I need to work on, what I kept doing wrong, or what can I improve on, or, you know, what can I do better for, for my next for my next fight. So you are in an echelon of stellar athletes like we rarely get to meet in our lives. And we've discussed your work ethic before, and we've talked a little bit about your training, but it's like one of those sports where if you don't train really hard and you show up in the ring, it's like very injurious. <laughs> so right. like, in terms of how you train, you mentioned earlier kind of how long the sessions are and that you do everyday uh, trainings and they're really long days. But how do you train with somebody or who do you train with, I should ask, that can actually keep up with you? Um, I train with my, my other, my other um, teammates that's in the gym, like the other pros. So even though I'm a girl, most likely nine times out of ten, I'm always the only girl. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't keep up with the guys. Like when we do sprints, I'm right behind them. When we do push-ups, sit-ups, I'm, I'm I don't do girl push-ups. I do the same things they do. Um, they do pull-ups. I do the same pull-ups they do. Like I, I can keep up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, how do you find that balance between hard work and being able to relax and just enjoy your success, like between fights and after a fight is done? I'm assuming you don't take much of a hiatus or any time off. I feel like a week is enough. But even even though I'm off a week, I still feel guilty just sitting down, laying down sometimes. So I work out sometimes on my days off. So when you do have a night off and we just finished a fight, let's say, it's quiet, there isn't anything that you have to do that night that's on the calendar, which I'm making an assumption that that actually happens to O'Shea Jones. But what would Olympian O'Shea do in a in a time like that? How do you relax? Well, I'm, I'm always, like I said earlier, you wake up, you lay in at 5.30, you run at 6. You, you know, I always have scheduled times to do stuff, so I just like not doing anything. I like not having... You know, I like not having a, 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 a set time or a schedule for me. Every day I have five different scheduled times for me to get up and do something. I just like, you know, relaxing with my loved ones that I miss so many memories with, you know, while I'm at training camp. Sometimes I'm in training camp for Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays. I miss a lot of things. So sometimes I just try to get that back. Mm -hmm. You're making up for lost time, which sounds like you do a really good job of, you know, sort of reconnecting. You motivate so many, but the life of a boxer cannot be easy on your body and on your emotions. So I want to know, was there one life moment that really changed your mindset about carrying on? Was there ever a time in your life where um, you felt like you should give up or stop fighting? Any adversity like that that you really felt like, oh my gosh, I can't go on? Something big I went through was when um, I had a, a I had a, a home fire. I suffered from a home fire. Me and my boyfriend. Um, it was very challenging for me because I was already going through you know problems with with the coaching with my coaching, and then um, I was saving up to buy gear because gear is expensive. Boxing gear is very expensive. Like a pair of gloves can be eight hundred dollars, or a good set of hay. You know, a good set could be like sixteen hundred, like for everything. Um, shoes, two fifty. Like I was just now saving up. You know, um, buying my own equipment, venturing off. You know, trying to do, you know, the right things. And then, um, and then the fire happened. I feel like the fire 
was majority in like my boxing gear and my clothes, stuff that, you know, I worked very hard for 10, 10 plus years of boxing gear. That's, you don't, can't get that back in, you know, overnight. That, that was something that made me just think like, am I doing the right thing, you know, or should I not go? And then I had to fire, I would say like a week and a half before the Olympics. So the Unbelievable fight, timing. You know, Right, the biggest fight of my career, and I got everything taken away from me. So that was confusing. I can understand that. How did you? How did you recover? How did you get the equipment? What did you do? Um, On my social media, I have a big fan base, so um, I had started a GoFundMe, and I raised ten thousand dollars in like seven hours. Wow! And so you were able to get that. Now, did you also lose your sort of your trophies and medals and things of that nature in the fire? Yeah, the stuff I can't get back and stuff like that. But, like, I got the, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but I got some stuff back. But $10,000, that's not a lot for me to replace 10 years worth of boxing gear and to fix up a a three-story house. So Wow, that is amazing. But I was grateful for what I got. 100%. Oh, my goodness. And then emotionally, I know when I was a kid, we had a house fire. And that smell of that smoke and everything everywhere uh-huh. you turned. Did you have that uh-huh. happen too? Yes. Even when I'm at somebody else's house and something burning, I'm the first one to smell it, or a toaster, or an instant burning. I smell it like ASAP. And uh-huh. it's just like, yeah, like it's crazy. Like little things like that can like traumatize you, like can bring you back to, you know, that night. Mm hmm. It's one of those things that, um, for me, it stayed with me, and it's to this day I have, mm-hmm. you know, I have that. I smell something, and I'm just like you described. So, well, I'm happy that you were able to kind of get back and get that equipment that you needed for the Olympics. And we've talked before too, you and I, about influencers in life. And when you right. reach a level that you reach, you know, you aspire sometimes to emulate a certain athlete or maybe a past Olympian. But I mean, for you, you were, you're one of the first, you're really, you're kind of in that groundbreaking pioneer state and place. So is there somebody that inspired you like you do for so many? Uh, as a, uh, for, as an athlete, I'll say I, uh, I really admire Serena Williams. Well, she's a woman, but she's an African-American woman, too. So she, you know, is kind of harder, you know, for women, period. And then, you know, being a woman of color at that, too, you know, you always sometimes feel less than, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could relate to her the most. But um, as just like a regular person, I'll probably say my mom because, you know, she's been through a lot. But at the same time, I never seen her give up. So that kind of motivated me every time I wanted to give up. It's not in me. You know, I wasn't raised like that. We don't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. God bless the moms of the world. Have you ever met Serena Williams? No, not yet. Not yet. Not I will, yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, so with you inspiring so many and motivating so many, what inspires you? Are there causes that are important to you? Uh, you know, nonprofit missions. I know we met at a Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Clubs event. Uh, what things are important to you? Well, I'll say the YMCA inspires me because it's like um, I can relate to the kids, especially because I live like, I would say probably like seven minutes away. You know, my childhood home was like seven minutes away from the YMCA that I visit now. So it was 
just like I can relate to the kids, you know, and I always just wanted to be like the big sister that like I never like really had, you know, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be the one that, you know, come through and save the day or bless you, or the big cousin that, that you see and they give you $20 every time you see them or something, you know, I just right. to motivate other girls to, you know, to just let them know, like, you're not less than, even though we do the same thing as, you know, men, we get paid less. That you're not listening. Yeah, that's our next podcast, O'Shea. Right. <laughs> We're going to talk about that some more, the equal pay thing. So um, so do you ever go back to the the boxing gym where you started? Yeah, I do when I'm in town here and there, but I'm so busy. But I do, though. Mm-hmm. And that's in Toledo, Ohio? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So for you, what is next in your life? Do you see yourself boxing for a long time? And what, like, how long is a boxing career? Like I said, everybody is different because what might take you two years to become a world champ might take somebody else five years or something like that. So mm-hmm. everybody is different. But I, me, I don't see myself boxing for a long time because like it's wear and tear on the body. I wanna, I wanna get my, um, get my belts. I wanna get my money and invest it in other things because boxing is not forever. But has this journey yeah. so far been worth the return on investment, everything you've put into it so far? Are you where you want to be? Uh, well, I'm, I'm hard on myself, so I wouldn't say that. But I'm on the right track. Absolutely, you're on the right track. So listen, O'Shea Jones, we are sadly at the end of this Business Life After Hours podcast. But I'm going to tell you that I'm already ready to tackle that next life hurdle, <laughs> thanks to your inspiration. You always oh, motivate me. You. Yes. So do you have one, I'll call it a takeaway nugget that you can leave us with and our listeners with that um, kind of maybe encapsulates your life philosophy? Well, I kind of hit it earlier, but I was just going to say um, one thing I had to learn in my career was you have to go your own speed. You know, even though I was the only female boxer to medal this year for the Olympics, all the other girls got signed before me. And I was the only one that, you know, medaled. So it was just like, I should be the first round pick, you know, but I had to sit back and I had to realize that I'm going my own speed. You know, they're going their speed, you know, I have to wait my turn for me to maybe even get more than what they have or something or you know I just I just want everybody to go your own speed don't compare your life to other people because that's what a lot of people do especially on social media now they're bragging about what they have they post all the good all the good but they never post the bad when you're down and out and I just want everybody to know like you know if everything will come you know when it's your time you know so go your own speed That is the best life advice. And my takeaway nugget with you, O'Shea, is to act on your dreams and to go and to keep going despite obstacles. You really really imparted upon me that it's so important to plant a seed of what you want, no matter what your current age is, frankly, and then put in the work to get there. That has been amazing. And O'Shea Jones, Olympic bronze medalist, if our Business Life After Hours listeners would like to get more information about you, to follow your fights or your progress, your motivation, your inspiration, how can they do so? Oh, they can follow me on Instagram at O'Shea.Jones, O-S-H-A-E dot J-O-N-E-S. Instagram O'Shea Jones. O'Shea, thank you so much for inspiring us here on Business Life After Hours. Thank you for having me. It was amazing. 
Find success by your own definition at your intersection of business and life on my next podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Christy Kay. Business Life After Hours is hosted and produced by Christy Kay. Audio engineering production and editing by Chris Pfeiffer. Be sure to join Christy for her award-winning television series, Business Life 360, the third Thursday of the month on WGTE HD or at WGTE.org slash B360. Business Life After Hours is a production of WGTE Public Media.